As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of the Still Realtor Show, episode number 677, February 2nd, 2023. This is your WWE Royal Rumble recap and review edition of SRTU. I am one half the show. I am Jeff Peck. Joined every single week by my co-host, the one only Dr. Trey Franklin. Dr. Trey, Roman is part of another chair shot heard around the world, my friend. Yeah, yeah, and uh, grown men everywhere shed tears, so uh, pretty damn good Royal Rumble, and I am proud to announce that I am the father of the worst Royal Rumble picker of all time. Now, I watched the video, but for those who did not, tell us who young Sammy Franklin uh, chose to win both both Royal Rumbles, because he nearly chose someone who was not even under contract and then suddenly (laughs) appeared in the Royal Rumble. Yeah, no, no, we tried. We tried. I tried to, I tried to kind of get him to go that way, but he didn't. Uh, so on the women's side, he picked Eva Marie mm-hmm. uh, as his pick, which I thought was actually not a bad surprise contestant if that if they went that way. So he picked Eva Marie. And on the men's side, he picked The Miz. Uh, and then his backup pick on the men's side was Rey Mysterio. So he picked literally one woman who did not even be – was not even in the Rumble, not under contract. He picked the first person eliminated in the men's rumble, and then the one guy who actually was announced and then didn't even get in the rumble. So, pretty rough night for him uh, picking uh, the Royal Rumble. Do, to be fair, do you have a Cody or Rhea Ripley action figures? We do have a Rhea Ripley. Okay. Uh, so, he could have gone that way. Um, we have a Cody, but I didn't put him in it because it's the uh, old, it's the throwback AEW figure had, like throwback to the old LJN like solid, you know, rubber figures. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that one would have taken up the entire ring. I actually had, we actually left out like a lot of guys, like his, his favorite action figure is the nasty boys. Oh, and we didn't put them in there. Uh, we didn't put the, we didn't put the 
solid Ric Flair one in. We put the more recent WWE Ric Flair one in. But yeah, he's got a few that we didn't even, we didn't even have really room for on his table for the men's side, uh, just because he has a lot of my old figures from the Attitude Era plus a lot of the modern day ones. Yeah, that would have been something if uh, your son chose Jerry Sags to win the men's Royal Rumble from the Nasty Boys. But um, yeah. hey. Beggars can't be choosers. There's always next year, right? Did you did you allow young Sammy to at least have desserts, though? I will say, um, he 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 got his cookies for it, and then he was thorough. Like for a four year old, <clears throat> excuse me, with the attention span of a gnat, um, when the rumble kicked off, because I actually started the rumble watching it on my phone on the way home from a show I was at, and then we got home, transitioned to the Peacock Network on the TV. Uh, as soon as it came on, Sammy stopped everything he was doing and stood there and watched the Rumble for the first two hours. Wow. Props to him. So he at least watched the first two out of, what, four to five hours that show <laughs> ended up being? It did feel like an AEW pay-per-view. So I was uh, behind on watching the Royal Rumble. Like, it kicked off at 8 o'clock East Coast time. I probably hopped on at 9.30. And I was watching uh, from behind on the Peacock Network. And I was thinking that, okay, the way the WWE shows have been going, I'll probably be in bed skipping through commercials, those weird four-minute commercials that they do on Superstars now. Um, I should be in bed maybe 1230, 1 a.m. I didn't get to bed until 2.30 in the morning. Yeah, I was. But I was so enamored by the entire pay-per-view, which we'll recap here momentarily. I will say, though, it wasn't like I was falling asleep. I was enamored with what was going on. Yeah. Um, so I started watching it on my drive home. So I kicked it off at seven o'clock when I got home, uh, was right after Lesnar and Lashley's eliminations. And so I flipped it on. My wife goes, uh, she goes, so where are we at? I said, Lesnar and Lashley are already out. We're probably at about 16. We're probably about 17 people in. And she goes, Oh, we're not watching it from the beginning. So I had to restart the show. Uh, for her, so that put me about 30, 45 minutes behind, about 30, probably about 30 minutes behind. And then we'd see something, rewind it, because the nice thing about watching it on yes. delay is you can back it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't notice um, Huskus as Bray Wyatt made his entrance. And so a couple times like that, we backed it up. So I'm with you. I don't think I, I did I, the same I, thing. I didn't go to bed till about 1 30. So it's so, the same time, and Dr. Yeah. Trey's an hour behind where I am here in the U.S. Yeah. So about yeah. the same. Now, I didn't know, and I wanted to go back, but I'm like, damn it, Jeff, you got to keep going here, because I was going back and forth during uh, eliminations and the Men's Royals Rumble match, but since you brought up the Bray Wyatt thing, I didn't see the rabbit in the beginning of Bray Wyatt's entrance. Was the rabbit in the entranceway? If he was, it was in the very beginning, and I missed it completely because I said yeah. the same thing. I got through, and I'm like, once you point out Huskis the pig, then I started paying attention. I'm like, look, yes. there's Huskis, there's Sister Abigail, there's Mercy. And then we said the same thing. We're like, where, where, where's Mercy? I mean, where's Rambling Rabbit? Like, where's he at? And I was so like, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to back it up all the way to the beginning because uh, our network froze up for a minute. So we did have to back it up to the very beginning, not paying attention of his entrance. But I was like, damn it. Like it was, it's kind of hard to rewind on that as well. Like it only goes back in like 10 second clips mm-hmm. and then you hold it out too long. And next year you're like five minutes back. You're like, crap. But yeah, I wasn't going to restart it again. So I was like, like, especially we love Bray White. That is a really long entrance on that stage with that long of a ramp. 
So let's get right into it because we got a lot of cover here. WWE Royal Rumble. We kick it off with a men's Royal Rumble match. Cody Rhodes is the winner. Both Dr. Trey and I had Cody Rhodes getting the victory. Um, so fun Rumble match. Here's my quick random thoughts. Ready? Welcome back, Pat McAfee, to the commentating booth, which was a legit surprise to Cole and Graves, which was awesome. Gunther's performance was literally historic. Uh, Ricochet Logan Paul spot was insane. Happy to see Edge back. We saw the setup for Mysterio versus Mysterio at WrestleMania 39. I wish there were more surprise entrants. Lashley eliminating Lesnar so quickly was a nice surprise. I wonder if Lashley's elimination by Rollins was supposed to happen, because it didn't. Um, how insane is it that a year ago he was an EVP in AEW and a year later Cody Rhodes is the Royal Rumble winner in WWE? Those are my quick random thoughts from the men's Royal Rumble match, Dr. Trey. Yeah, so uh, the McAfee thing, I love McAfee's back, but then after listening to commentary from him for the entire five and a half hours, it felt like, I realized I don't like McAfee on commentary very much because he does too many inside jokes. And it's like he's learned, it's the same issue I have with a lot of guys in Independence. You learn cool little insider buzzwords and you want to throw them out all the time to make you feel like you're part of it. And I think he did it a little bit too much, but he also had five and a half hours to kill. Um, the, the the Logan Paul, like I, I forgot how much I like Logan Paul when he's in the ring because he's very charismatic. He draws attention. And then also, did he kind of turn heel with Seth Rollins? Because I thought he was only wanting to be a babyface, but he was embracing the booze when he eliminated Seth. So maybe now Logan Paul could be a heel as well. Um, still wish they had clarified the Rey Mysterio stuff during the Rumble because this is not the Curtis Axel thing where you see him actually come out. Because um, I saw people saying, well, Ray didn't get eliminated. Well, Ray never entered either. So then, therefore, he cannot be eliminated. Um, I am starting to really like Dominic Mysterio, <laughs> which I didn't think I would say six months ago. Uh, we, I bashed the hell of a kid and now it's like this prison thing is great and it's really paying off for him. Um, the Lashley Lesnar stuff, I, like, I don't know how much when Lesnar snaps outside of the ring, how much is work and how much is shoot because slamming the steps on the announce table, uh, was awkward. And then we saw the Kofi spot where he's laying in the chair. Brock gets eliminated. Also, they don't talk about Kofi's foot being off the ground anymore. They just kind of gloss over it. Cause I think. Even Kofi and Xavier were scared when Brock's like smashing stuff and throwing stuff. Uh, and then, yeah, Cody winning with not just the fact that he was an EVP, but this is the guy who smashed the throne. And now he's winning the Rumble on a Triple H booked event to me was crazy. Um, but overall, like, I don't know if I put this in my top five Rumbles type, but it was a really entertaining Rumble. And dear God, Gunther is a badass. <laughs> and Every time he would chop somebody, my 16-year-old who doesn't like wrestling would cringe and go, that looks real. And I'm like, look at the guy's chest. It looks Everybody he's hit looks like he, he turned into cardboard. Those chops on Cody on the peck. Oh, my gosh. Like The fact that your name is Jeff Peck. Like I bet you felt every single one of those. I did. It resonated with me more than most people. <laughs> um, when you have the last name Peck, it's like, holy crap. Um, I'm feeling this through the television screen. Yeah, it was a good Rumble match. I don't think it was the greatest one ever that um, Michael Cole was saying after. There's some ones that stick out to me. The Nakamura one was really good. 92 is always a classic. 95 with HBK. 98, 99, 97 was good. There's been a lot of good Rumbles over the years. 
Um, I don't think that was one of the greatest of all time, but it was a very good rumble. Uh, and we'll talk more about Cody Rhodes on here in just a little bit on the show. Uh, next match, Bray Wyatt defeats L.A. Knight in the Mountain Dew Pitch Black match. Uh, we both had Bray Wyatt getting the victory. Excuse me, I had Bray Wyatt getting the victory. Yeah. Dr. Trey, you had L.A. Knight getting and the I victory. Did. Wow. Um, I thought the glow-in-the-dark look was pretty cool for this match, except for the Uncle Howdy elbow drop spot because you couldn't see him. Um, a mostly dominated match by Bray Wyatt. Not sure where they go from here with L.A. Knight, but he did a really good job in this role, which a lot of people are saying. Uh, the Bray Wyatt storyline continues to grow as Uncle Howdy drops an elbow on L.A. Knight as the Firefly Funhouse looked on. Dr. Trey, your thoughts on the Mountain Dew Pitch Black match? Yeah, I, I thought it was a really cool look. Uh, I, I, I saw people on Facebook and Twitter hating on it, but I thought it was something different and unique for WWE. Like, I've seen blacklight matches done in other places, like other independents, but never on this scale. So I thought it was a really cool look. Um, like, I liked the yellow confetti that was stored under the desk, so it exploded. It went everywhere. The Bray Wyatt UV light face paint was fantastic. Um, I thought LA Knight had a good performance. Like they didn't kill him until the very end. Like he was still up and fighting all the way through. Um, but it, once again, this is a match now that afterwards leaves me with more questions than answers because how do you hit Bray Wyatt, you know, a couple weeks ago, but now they're on the same side. I hated the elbow drop because it, if you watch the replay, it mm. looks like he missed him completely. Oh yeah. He just like completely, completely. shot him and they, but they shot it from a decent angle where just in case he did, it wasn't going to be a big deal. Uh, and then Bray Wyatt doing the Uncle Howdy stance, you know, after the elbow drop, makes you then go, okay, is this the start of the Wyatt Six that we've heard rumors of? Because you saw it painted onto his head as well. So um, just when you think you have an answer, then they go and change all the questions for you again. So it's going to be really interesting to me because I, I, I read these reports where they have Bray listed as the number one baby face on SmackDown, but then post-match it's a heel beat down with a whole stable being formed. So like, I, I just have more questions than answers, but I was entertained by it and loved the look of the whole match. Uh, next match here is Bianca Belair defeating Alexa Bliss to retain the WWE Raw Women's Championship. We both had Bianca Belair to get the victory. Uh, this match and the Wyatt Knight match felt a bit rushed. Crowd seemed off as well. Overall, the match was fine, but I wish they had a little more time to tell their story. Belair retains against Alexa Bliss, Dr. Trey. Yeah, I, I felt like this one was a bit rushed as well, just because, like, for some reason, they don't have great chemistry in the ring, and at times it felt a little bit off, and, like, they were skipping over things that they had planned out. Like, you didn't see the vicious side of Alexa come out that we had they had hyped up for weeks. Like, you know, where she literally said, like, I'm going to take your face off, but I'll leave your eyeballs so you can see what you look like. We never saw that vicious side come out during the match, which left me wanting a little bit more. But, you know, you get the payoff of the Uncle Howdy stuff post-match, but then you don't get a follow-up on Raw. Like, it's a little bit confusing, and I don't think they they might have a – I think they have a plan for her, but I just don't know where it goes. And maybe they kind of separate her off of Raw to keep her away from – Oscar, which we'll talk about probably later as well. Um, and, and then what do you do with her? Like, what do you do with Alexa? So like, I'm a little, once again, there's a little more questions about her than there are answers, but Hey, it's a solid win for Bianca. She gets ready for uh, WrestleMania season. Next match here is Rhea Ripley winning the women's Royal rumble match. I had Rhea Ripley, Dr. Trey and Becky Lynch, another good rumble match. Again, quick, random thoughts. Oscar clown face paint return was awesome. I'm happy Piper Niven has her name back, and the <laughs> dew was dropped. 
Chelsea Green's WWE return only to be eliminated in seconds was a strange reintroduction, but once you read about the character that she's portraying, it makes total sense. Nia Jax's return was a nice surprise. It looks like we may be getting Bailey versus Becky Lynch right now for WrestleMania, and I'm here for that. If so, uh, I really like the finish sequence with Rhea, Asuka, and Liv, as it was unique and something we have never seen. The old school fan of me loved seeing number one in Rhea and number two in Liv being the final two remaining. Props to Rhea for going number one and winning the whole Rumble going the distance. Uh, and then obviously co-MVP as well, Liv Morgan for going the distance. Dodger Trey, your thoughts as Rhea Ripley wins the Women's Royal Rumble match? Yeah, as soon as... <clears throat> so, when Rhea got injured number one, I'm like, oh, crap, I guess she's not winning because I just couldn't picture her going an hour and, you know, an hour in a few minutes like it was an hour one hour three something like that yeah and that's also on top of the the beth phoenix injury she was selling yeah so I, I couldn't picture her going the distance so like the fact that she did was fantastic uh i've been kind of knocking ria's appearance because ever since she came back from her concussions issues she just didn't look like she was in the best of shape um so to see her go that long I was like okay she still got her cardio so she can still hang uh, and then them having Liv go all the way through, I think that tells a lot about the faith they have in Liv Morgan going forward, where ever since she lost the belt back to Rhonda, people have been kind of questioning her role in the company. But the fact that she got to go bell to bell uh, and hang with people like Rhea and Oscar at the end was you know, kind of shows that they do have a ton of faith in her. Um, the Chelsea Green stuff I thought was fantastic because this kind of fits the character they've been talking about. Um Seeing Nia back, like I like you guys saw in the video, like I was trying to get Sammy to pick Nia to honor Jeff Peck, and he refused to do so. But seeing her come out in the Rumble was really cool. Like the face off she had with Raquel Rodriguez and Rhea Ripley were, were pretty cool. Don't know if we see her back or if it's just a one off thing, but uh, like I'm not a huge Nia fan, but in these moments like this where you see the entire locker room go after her, those are pretty cool to go with. Um, Oscar's new face paint looks fantastic, the haircut looks great. Uh, I loved what they did with damage control during that match because people have been kind of uh, saying they're down since Bailey's battles against Bianca, but they were very dominant in this. The stuff with Becky was great. Uh, so looking forward to seeing where that goes. And then that, like, that finishing sequence was fantastic. One of the best finishing sequences I've seen in any, in any rumble, not just a women's rumble, but that was a great closing sequence. So whoever uh, put that together, kudos to those guys. Cause that was, Really compelling TV. We're going to get to uh, a lot of stuff here about Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens, Bloodline, Sami Zayn here in just a second. But before we get into that, because it's going to dominate a good part of the show now, this is a good t- time to talk about Rhea Ripley, Monday Night Raw. She's going to make her decision for her WrestleMania opponent. And I chose Rhea Ripley in thinking that they would go forward with uh, um, like a next generation dream match of Bianca Belair versus Rhea Ripley. It was supposed to happen at Money in the Bank. Rhea gets injured. It hasn't happened since. Rhea comes back from injury. I'm like, okay, they're probably going to push this out to WrestleMania. It's a WrestleMania-worthy match. Um, She's on Raw. Bianca makes total sense. They do the segment, and she starts bringing up her history with Charlotte Flair, going back to WrestleMania 36, the pandemic, WrestleMania. Um, And she came out and challenged the Rumble winner. which At the time, she was NXT champion. It was the first time a Rumble winner chose an NXT champion to to be the match at, at WrestleMania and NXT Women's Championship being defended at WrestleMania. It was, it was cool. Obviously, it would have been a lot cooler if a pandemic didn't happen, but she's going on about that and then says she chooses Charlotte Flair. That caught me totally off guard, and I don't know in a good way or a bad way right now, Dr. Trey, to be totally honest with you, 
But nonetheless, Rhea Ripley has chosen Charlotte Flair for her WrestleMania opponent. What are your thoughts on this? Were you taken aback and surprised by this like I was? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm listening to her and she's, you know, and he, you know, she's talking about Charlotte, heaping praise on Charlotte, coming out and basically saying that Charlotte, you know, whooped her, whooped her ass at that previous WrestleMania. And <clears throat> I kept waiting for her to go, but and then go to Bianca and she never did. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, for me, if I was kind of booking this thing, I would have let her go. You know, I would have picked Bianca and just been like, Charlotte's got all these accolades, but her time has passed. And I want to take on the present and the future. I want to take on Bianca, but they didn't do that way. So I'm, I'm interested to see where this goes because all those things you mentioned, the fact that she's on raw, the judgment day is on raw. Is this, leveraging judgment day to move to SmackDown after WrestleMania uh, and possibly moving the bloodline or whatever left over, over to raw post WrestleMania. Like where does, cause I, I just can't see Rhea going to SmackDown and leaving Dom and Finn and Damian priest on raw. So it's once again, leaving, leaving me with more questions and answers, which is actually good because we don't like the predictability of WWE. So yeah, it, it completely caught me off guard with her choosing Charlotte Flair over Bianca Belair. So then that takes us to the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, which will take place in just a couple weeks, February the 18th in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Um, as it stands right now, so the Women's Elimination Chamber match, well, the winner of that one will be taking on the Raw Women's Champion, Bianca Belair, assuming it's Bianca Belair at WrestleMania 39. Right now in that match is Asuka, Liv Morgan, Nikki Cross, Raquel Rodriguez, um, and then they have some qualifying matches. I believe there's like a fatal four with it includes Carmella, um, the returning Carmella this Monday on raw. But I mean, it's like, what's the direction here? What to me, I guess the easy thing would be Oscar. You ever come back, go back to her old persona pre WWE with a clown face paint. Oscar versus Bianca Belair is certainly worthy of a WrestleMania. And then what's lingering in the background of all this still is, is Ronda Rousey. Could we be getting Bailey versus Becky Lynch at Elimination Chamber? And then we do end up getting Becky versus Ronda without a championship on the line at WrestleMania 39. Um, do they hold off on Bailey and Becky Lynch? Does Ronda somehow get involved in this Elimination Chamber match to take on Bianca Belair? What do you think the direction is now for Bianca Belair in the next you know eight to twelve weeks, Doctor Trey, heading in WrestleMania? Well, and then my other question on it is, you have. The, the four people you announced, two are from SmackDown and two are from Raw. What if one of the SmackDown people wins and we get Bianca versus Liv or Raquel Rodriguez, which, I mean, Bianca and Raquel would be a damn good match as well uh, and a chance to elevate Raquel Rodriguez up the card. Um, do we have Raw versus SmackDown in both women's matches and that's how we get the old okey-doke of people switching brands or switching titles around or whatever? Like, that is really confusing as well. And then when you look at the people on paper, it's like, yeah, out of the, out of the four women announced, Oscar makes the most sense, especially with the new look and the new persona and everything else. The, the Ronda Rousey in the background, Hey, maybe we get Becky, Ronda and Shayna versus Bailey and their click. Like, I don't know where this all goes. Um, so I'm a little confused. And then once again, maybe it's a, a, a for, you know, a foretelling that, hey, at some point after WrestleMania, we're going to redraft the brands so people will kind of line up the way they're supposed to be. Um, on paper, I don't I don't really know who I want Bianca going against because yeah. she's had the belt for almost a year now. Uh, I mean, it's been quite a long run. I think SummerSlam. Like, SummerSlam. So she's 
at this point, it'll be almost eight months. So she's hitting like almost 240 days when it gets to WrestleMania season. So, you know, like, who, like Rhea was the most logical pick mm-hmm. for Raw if you have Becky tied up and you can't do Becky and uh, Bianca again. We've already done Bailey and Bianca. Now we've done Alexa and Bianca. Um, you know, it's it's really like to me, it comes down to Asuka and Ronda being Bianca's opponent at WrestleMania just off name value alone, unless they look to shoot a Liv or a Raquel way up into the stratosphere and using WrestleMania as that launching point. Dr. Trey, do you think that there's a possibility that a Nia Jax could fill that role? Oh, dear God. No. I just feel like, like I'm, you're going through that list. I'm like, man, if I could see Bianca hitting the KOD on Nia Jax, and that is like that WrestleMania moment, that WrestleMania three. Hogan slamming Andre like that's something that just gets replayed forever like that's that's the only reason why I say it is like that could be a Wrestlemania moment that plays on forever the only reason I kind of hesitate with that with your like, she had a hard time getting Piper Niven up mm-hmm. she did for the KOD yeah. uh, struggle like, she had to use the ropes I don't know if she could get Nia up I mean Rhea barely got Nia up for the Riptide and that's a much easier move to hit on most people she barely got her up for that and, I mean, although Bianca's probably stronger than Rhea, I don't think it's by that much. Um, and then, do you get the fans to buy in? Like, I don't. I just don't know if the fans like still, like, I don't want to say buy into Nia Jax, but I don't think fans put Nia Jax on the same level that you put a Ronda or even an Asuka for that matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... It's going to be something that will be interesting here in the coming weeks and then the direction that we get. I mean, I think we should have a clearer picture by uh, tomorrow's SmackDown or Monday's Raw, obviously, maybe by next week's show, clearly that there's a better direction at least of of who's in that that discussion for the Elimination Chamber match. I think if Ronda gets implemented in this Elimination Chamber match at some point, then it's Ronda. If Ronda doesn't and we get an Elimination Chamber match, the match starts, bell rings, there's no okey-doke stuff going on, I think then it's Asuka. But, um, yeah, just throwing it out there. It's, it's, it's intriguing. I thought the money match was Rhea and Bianca. They went Rhea and Charlotte. And there's a storyline there. It makes sense. But as we've seen before, whether it's Triple H with the book or Vince with the book, there's been storyline in the past that makes sense and they don't follow through with it. In the women's division specifically, a la Becky Lynch and, and Ronda Rousey that still hasn't been executed, uh, at least for now. And I thought that was the slam dunk WrestleMania match that would be taking place this year would be Becky and um and ronda and we may be getting that we may not be getting that so intriguing times for the women's division uh and then finally dr trey which will dominate now a good percentage of the show roman reigns defeats kevin owens to retain the undisputed wwe universal championship we both had roman reigns getting the victory uh match was good but the ending was so much better i think we witnessed now these are things that i literally write like minutes after the matches segments show occurs i wrote i think we witnessed the greatest ending to a wrestling pay-per-view we've ever seen. We finally reached the point where Sammy turned on the bloodline. The drama, energy, and emotion was off the charts during the ending. Loved every second of it, and I was highly entertained. Dr. Trey, your thoughts. Roman Reigns defeats Kevin Owens. All right, go back and reread to me what you wrote about the greatest ending. I think re-read we witnessed that. the greatest ending to a wrestling pay-per-view we've ever seen. Ooh. Okay, so... Now, this is actually a topic that I want to bring up. Okay, I'll, I'll skip that for now. Um, I thought the match was really good. I, 
you also see a little bit of the Triple H influence throughout this entire show. It is something else I want to bring up. Like, you see how long Johnny Gargano got to be in the Royal Rumble. Um, you know, the, the, uh, this match here, like, Kevin Owens kicked out of two, like, spears in that match. That was after him having his, the back of his head, I've never seen this before, the back of his head slammed into the steps. Like, that looked just absolutely disgusting to me. And I was just like, blown. I'm like, I don't know how you do that safely and not knock yourself out. Um, I love that they made, they basically took them, you know, they mentioned the phrase, like, you know, Kevin Owens said, the only way you're going to beat me is kill me. It, it damn near looked like they killed him. Um, and then the bump he took on that last spear where he flipped himself. I was like, yeah, he damn near laying on his head. Like, I love that. I love that match because even in losing, you sh- you showed Kevin Owens' heart in that match, uh, which is how you keep a baby face strong after kind of a decisive victory in the main event. The ending. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It was breathtaking, in a sense. Like, I was literally, like, on the edge of my seat to see where this whole thing went as it played out. And then... Even all the way through the credits rolling, there was never like a dull moment in that. Like the super kicks to Kevin Owens after he's locked up, you know, then Sammy with the, you know, going back and forth with Roman, Roman hitting the chair, the chair shot, the beatdown, Jay leaving the ring, you know, and then even them walking up the aisle. I don't know if you caught what Roman said to Solo. Yeah, I was going to bring like, that up. Go for it. He's, he's like, you know, now we're going to war. There, yeah. there, are, there are no prisoners anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that. Like, the intensity of the whole angle. Like, the emotion. It is one of the most beautiful endings to a pay-per-view I've ever seen as far as emotional roller coaster because you're super happy and then you're, like, just struggling with the, the sheer ferocity of the beatdown and the stuff with Jay and the questions and everything else and where, where you're left at the end of the show. Like, Emotionally, it was one of the biggest roller coasters for a finish I've ever seen in professional wrestling history. So let's take a pause right there. Let's get through the uh, the business at hand when it comes to the Rumble pay per view. Pay per view prediction records: I went five and zero. Doctor Trey went three and two. Uh, event rating: Match of the night. I gave the Royal Rumble a four point three out of five. My match of the night was Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens. Doctor Trey, what say you? 
Yeah, I was I was four point two, and I imagine I was Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns as well. So let's get into it. I mean, I mentioned it. You wanted to bring it up, uh, rightfully so. We took a little pause on it. I think we witnessed the greatest ending to a wrestling pay per view we've ever seen. Um, was it the greatest? I I think it's safe to say top five, top three, yes. But the greatest, I'm watching it and I'm like, man, I don't ever remember being at the edge of my seat for a wrestling pay-per-view finish quite like this one. I, I think it is, Dr. Trey. It's very easy to say, short-sighted. We just witnessed it. It's fresh in our minds. Scars are still there. But goddamn, man, that shit was beautiful on what they did. Like I tweeted it out on Sunday or Monday. I was like, what we're witnessing right now with this bloodline, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens storyline, and we'll get into the storyline as well. Like, to me, this is one of my favorite shows of all time from a writing perspective is Breaking Bad. This is like the Breaking Bad of wrestling storylines. I mean, there's so many people at the end of the Rumble. I saw Conrad Thompson. I don't ever ever remember it being this good. Like, people are like, that pop when Sami hit the chair on Roman's back was nuclear. And you go back and you watch it live. You watch the YouTube video of it. It got so loud that, like, the speakers, the, the microphones nearly blew. Like, that's how loud it was. It was insane. I said it was on Road Warriors, Steve Austin pop level. People were like, no, it's not uh, Steve Austin and Road Warriors. Those pops are so much bigger. I was like, no, no, you're not getting it. I said it's on the same level, but I digress. Yeah. Um, I think we witnessed the greatest wrestling pay-per-view ending of all time. I mean, other stuff that comes to mind uh armageddon 99 when stephanie turned on vince and joined triple h was pretty cool wrestlemania 17 that ending with stone cold steve austin and vince was pretty cool i mean i can't remember many times where a pay-per-view finished where i'm like holy shit i can't wait to watch what's next like this storyline keeps getting better and better and better so you wanted to talk about it i wanted to bring it up let's talk about dr trey so, like, I, in my head, as you're saying, like, greatest in my head, I'm like, which are the ones that maybe that kind of stood out to me? And I was like, uh, Bash at the Beach 96. Okay, yeah, that's a great one. Yep. With um, NWO being born. Yeah. And then Brian Danson's Miracle on Bourbon Street. Like, okay. the Yes Movement blowing. I mean, that pop yeah, yeah. when he won the title was pretty, pretty extravagant as well. This one, I put up there with those just because of the sheer, um, like, the roller coaster of, of of the night, like Hogan turning, was shocking and jaw dropping and we unforeseen, never, unforeseen. Yeah, but it was straight like, what the hell? Now I'm pissed, and that was kind of the the the, the extent of it. Um, you know, Brian Danielson winning the winning two matches at WrestleMania and then capturing the world title at the end of the show was like just that big like crescendo of emotions of being happy for somebody. This one is really great because it runs the gambit. Like you were the pop when, you know, Sammy, like, first of all, the beat down, like the handcuffs and the beat down of Kevin Owens, like the sheer number of kicks they threw. Like you're sitting there going, God dang, dude, man, do something, you know, somebody step in. And then when Sammy did the, the pop, when he stepped in was almost as loud as the pop, when he hit Roman with the chair. Like him just stopping Roman from the beatdown and saying, you're better than this. You don't need to do this. Like the crowd erupted just for that. And we didn't, at that point, didn't even know where it was going to go. And then the chair shock. And then, you know, Jimmy, and this is the storytelling that I love. Jimmy, 
who's been Sammy's dude the entire time with the great handshake of the hills, was the first one to fire the shot at Sammy. It wasn't Jay. It wasn't Solo. It was Jimmy. And then watching Jimmy and Solo beat down Sammy while Roman looked on and or Roman's recovering, and Jay's just like in complete shock and disbelief. Like the whole emotional, like, <laughs> gambits or whatever, gauntlet or whatever you want to call it. Like you literally like felt everything in there. So I, I don't know. Like I think maybe the Hogan one has the edge for me just because of the shock value. But this one to me is right there with it. Like it's one A and one B for me for greatest ending to a pay-per-view. Yeah, it's up there. I mean, like you said, there's all these twists and turns. Like, we always knew that Sammy would eventually, something would happen, right? Would it be the bloodline turning on Sammy or Sammy turning on the bloodline? It was Sammy turning on the bloodline. The extra layer of it that I like is what you described there with Jimmy being the one that took out um, Sammy. And Jay was was saying, like, I said you're like my brother. And then he rolls out of the ring. Great reaction. Then you've got Jimmy saying... I am your brother. We are your brothers. Like, what are you doing? And then you've got this weird split. Okay. Kevin and and Sammy look to be attached to the hip again. Is Jay with them? Is he not? Does Jay get involved? You know, uh, we figured, I think back in the fall, when the Elimination Chamber was announced in Montreal, we're like, okay, so this storyline that's that's dominating television of Sami Zayn and the bloodline, dominating wrestling television, is probably going to climax at or before the Elimination Chamber. Like, they're going to be in Sammy's hometown. We envision him taking on Roman Reigns. Like, that seems to be the vision. And then, of course, that did happen with what we took place at the Royal Rumble. You know, a lot of this stuff was predictable and what we saw coming. There's these little intricacies of, of twists and turns that we didn't, like Jey Uso. But once it's executed, it's so damn good, man. It really is so damn good. I think it's one of the greatest, if not the greatest, wrestling pay-per-view ending of all time. I will agree with you, Bash of the, Bash of the Beach 96 is definitely, definitely up there. I mean, 1A, 1B, number two, number one, however you want to slice it, it is it is definitely up there. Um, that is one that I, I had forgotten off my list, but that was the birth of the NWO, and that was pretty dramatic. And that's what this was. This was so dramatic, and it was so damn good. And like a lot of people are saying right now, I don't remember when the st- storyline had been this good in professional wrestling. And people are like, but Austin McMahon... But week after week, you kind of got tired of it. Like, that's a really well-known feud and one that we enjoyed, but it got repetitive and stale at moments, and then they would kind of rehash and refresh things that they've done in the past before doing these different twists and turns um, a little bit here and there. This has been nothing but twists and turns. It's been segments that have made us out loud, laugh out loud, laugh, like seeing characters break down, emotional moments like Survivor Series, and then ones that just took us through the gambit with the trial of Sami Zayn, and then a couple days later with the segment that took place at the Royal Rumble to close it out. Like, a, a segment basically overshadowed the entire Rumble pay-per-view and overshadowed the match. People, when they go back, they're not going to remember that Roman Reigns basically decimated Kevin Owens throughout the entire match. They're going to remember the build-up tor- towards that chair shot. And that's pretty amazing to me. It is. I just think this is one of those moments where we as wrestling fans need to take a step back, kind of understand what is taking place on our television each and every week right now and just appreciate what's going on because a year from now five years from now 10 years from now wrestling fans that are watching wrestling as we speak are going to look back at the storyline and talk about it fondly the same way that wrestling fans talk about the attitude error like the like the dr trace and i the nwos the monday night wars the wcw stuff when the nwo was on the rise like that's what we talk about take a step back 
enjoy the ride of what is going on because this is historic, this is memorable, and this is one of the greatest of all time. And we're living in it right now, and that's a really cool time to be a wrestling fan. Off of this question, Dr. Trey, sorry to cut you off there, but off of this question, can I ask, is this the greatest storyline of all time? I throw out Austin McMahon, NWO's Rise. Where does it stand when it comes to storyline now? That's a good because by the way, what you cut me off, I, I was gonna ask you a quick question. So, that emotional gambit we just talked about is this more than mock or than Ambrose turning on Rollins the night that Roman had to step away? Yeah, because yeah. that was a big one for us because we're just like, yeah. how the hell did that the night that Roman had to retire? That one um, I think was more like pissed off in a bad way. <laughs> I honestly, God, I was like, what the, what the hell are they doing? And then the breakup of the shield that like was pretty good. Seth that was pretty good too. So I was just like trying to like in my head. I'm like, is this the biggest emotional run we've had in recent memory? Probably since I would say since, uh, the birth of, uh, Oh, next. Oh, uh, may young's hand. Oh no, no, that was, I mean, that was <laughs> the birth. Yes. But like the birth of Nexus with that night that Nexus yeah, actually that was pretty cool. showed up and, and we were left like going, what the hell just happened? So storyline wise, um, I still think I have Austin McMahon and the birth of the NWO as a better storyline more because of the longevity. Like this has been going on what? Six months, eight months. I think it, I think it honestly started a couple weeks after WrestleMania. There was some pauses in it, but then it started really creeping. It started really ramping up once triple H took over in the summer. Yeah. Cause we, I mean, early on we just had stay, Sammy trying to join, like even be a part, like yeah. just you know, being a part. You know, uh, basically like pledging like a like a frat brother, um, you know, and then it's, you know, it really did ramp up around summer, you know, uh, SummerSlam and did summertime to now the NWO stuff, like the shocking of the shocking part of Hall showing up and then Nash showing up and then those guys beating everybody up and then you get to bash at the beach and then who's the next guy? Who's the financer? Who's the fourth member? Like all that stuff, like that first eight months of the NWO birth was like fantastic i mean that's what literally what drove wcw in the league austin mcmahon uh with the tyson factor early on like that was fantastic as well so i put this up there with those and those are iconic with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Moments in wrestling history. Um, Hogan Andre's up there, too. I mean, that, that's when Andre turned on Hogan, storyline-wise. And then that ran for basically almost a year as well. Um that's got to be on my list as well for being up there. Uh, Flair and the, the history of Flair and Rhodes is up there because, you know, the breaking of Dusty's leg. Um, I mean, those those ones are kind of like iconic storylines that people remember for generations. Like not just those aren't short term ones. Those are ones that you and I sit there and think of like crap, like Hogan Andre. I was nine when that happened and I'm 45 now. So that's got a 36 year history in my head as well. So. But this has that uh, chance of being in that stuff that you does. remember forever. Like, this yeah. is one of those core memories as a wrestling fan, potentially. 
Now, it also depends on how it plays out because when we talk about the NWO, we also remember bloated NWO and that kind of pushed it down, the Austin McMahon stuff. Because it lasted so long and we had so many reboots and you know turns and twists and things like that, it kind of pushes it down in our heads a little bit. But for when it first started, it had this kind of energy to it. It does kind of depend on what happens with Sammy out of this. Does Sammy become a main event star that they build the brand around, you know, help build the brand around for the next three or four years? Or does he eventually kind of go back into, I don't, I don't want to say mid-card oblivion, but does he do the Kofi Kingston path? Where Kofi Mania was fantastic, but then after he lost the belt, Kofi's back in tag teams. Like, it kind of depends on what the payoff is coming out of it. Do we build a couple of, like, main event baby faces to challenge whoever's on top of the card with Sammy and Kevin? Or do they kind of fall by the wayside like they've done in the past? So that kind of perfectly leads into the next question here, because after the Royal Rumble wrapped up, a lot of things on Twitter, it certainly went through my mind, it's not just something that was said on Twitter, was... How can WWE move forward with Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 39 based off of what we saw? Like, in everybody's mind, what you saw for that end at the Royal Rumble, like, that would be if there was no Rumble match or if there was two titles, um, two separate champions right now, that would make you believe the payoff, the ultimate payoff, would be at WrestleMania. Like, they could legitimately have Sammy out for four to six weeks, the entire month of February, selling the injuries that he... Um, got at at uh, the Royal Rumble and then he returns in like early March for a build with Roman Reigns heading into WrestleMania 39 like theoretically we've, we've seen that happen in wrestling before but here we are now and they did announce on Monday Cody announced that he will challenge Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 39 for the Universal or uh, the Undisputed WWE Universal Championship they've ran the graphic it's out on the websites all that stuff that doesn't necessarily mean that it's still got to happen God only knows stuff can always change but does WWE need to do Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 39, Dr. Trey, instead of Sami's hometown of Elimination Chamber, Montreal, Quebec, Canada, instead of Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns? Like, could this get that Daniel Bryan WrestleMania 30 treatment? Could it get this Becky Lynch WrestleMania 35 treatment? Kofi Kingston WrestleMania 35 treatment? Where the fans start trying to turn the creative so that they get it what they, the way that they want to see it and see the payoff being Sammy versus Roman at WrestleMania versus rather than seeing Cody versus Roman at WrestleMania. What, what do you think WWE needs to do, if anything, or are you fine with the direction that they're going, presumably Roman versus Sammy in his hometown elimination chamber, followed by Cody and Roman being the WrestleMania main event? So <clears throat> as of today, I'm fine with, the projected path of what they have on on paper like the pop Sami Zayn is going to get in Montreal if Roman Sami is the main event at Elimination Chamber might be one of the biggest pops we ever hear I mean it might top what happened at the Alamo Dome like there's not going to be a single person in Montreal rooting for Roman they might throw the fingers up you know they might do the acknowledge me thing but once bell time hits, there's not going to be a single person in that building rooting for Roman Reigns. <clears throat> so I still think you can play this out as planned because of the history of Kevin and Sammy. Like you and I know the history pretty intricately because we've watched them all the way up to the independence, the ring of honor to where they are now. We've seen them 
fight at WrestleMania. We've seen them team up at WrestleMania. We've seen, you know, ladder matches with them involved. We've seen these guys tied at the hip. And so it may not be Eddie Benoit both winning world championships at WrestleMania, like two life, like two diehard friends. But when you see two guys who are best friends tied at the hip win tag championships over twin brothers at WrestleMania, I still think that's pretty damn fantastic. Um, and then you can still, you could start bridging Cody in with Sammy and Kevin post elimination chamber, six man tags heading into WrestleMania and still kind of bridge those stories together and still make compelling television. Um, but once again, like I mentioned earlier, it kind of comes down to what they see the future of Sami Zayn is. Do they see him as a Daniel Bryan type where, hey, we might have thought he was a B guy, but the crowd reacts to him and keeps him in A-list for years? Or do they treat him like Kofi and go, it's a nice story, but Kofi's not a long-term main event guy. It, it kind of comes down to where they view Sami. And Sami's even said in interviews, he doesn't see himself being a face of the company guy but a guy who can step into the main event picture and still make compelling TV. And I think that's where Triple H and those guys have to decide is, is what is Sami Zayn for the next five years? Is he the face of your company or is he a guy that's a good hand to have on the roster and can jump into the main event picture when you 13 years ago, uh, for me, Ring of Honor Wrestling, the Sami Zayn, Kevin Steen, Kevin Cena and El Generico feud was one of the greatest feuds I've ever seen. And here we are 13 years later, and they're kind of doing it again. And it's really, really cool to see. Like, they're so, so damn good at grabbing a crowd and putting them in the palm of their hands. Let me ask you this question, Dr. Troy. One last question before we get into the Vengeance Day preview and predictions to wrap up this week's edition of the show. If we had Sammy versus Roman at WrestleMania, who do you think would win? And if we still get Cody versus Roman at WrestleMania... Who do you think we would win, would win? Because we've said, as long as this storyline's been going on, this title reign's been going on, like Roman's championship reign, it has to come, when it comes to an end, it has to go to somebody that is very meaningful and deserves it and could be the next person with that torch. Is that next person Cody Rhodes? Is that next person Sami Zayn? So I ask you, just to kind of get your thoughts on this, if it's Sami versus Roman, who do you think wins, walks out of WrestleMania? And if it's Cody versus Roman the way it is right now, who do you think on February the 2nd walks out and wins? So if it's Sammy versus Roman, I, I still tend to lean Roman. So I, I, I'd probably, if, if I had to bet on it, I'd probably pick Roman. Uh, and as for all the reasons I mentioned before, is Sammy the face of your company? Like, the one thing Sammy can do, Sammy can go out and cut interviews in like so many different languages. <laughs> you know, he can go be your world traveler, but does he have the look? Does he have the appearance? Does he have the staying ability? Um, if it's Cody versus Roman, I would tend to lead Cody, um, right now because I feel like we're, I don't want to say we're shotgunning the angle, but if Cody had not gotten hurt, I don't think that would be a question. I think Cody would have been elevated into at this, at this point, maybe a notch below Roman. Um, whereas right now I feel like he's on the same level as Seth and some of the other guys that we've seen in the main event picture, but I still think they can elevate him between now and WrestleMania and put him on that level where if he wins, the crowd's not going to be like, you know, shocked by it. I feel like it like the crowd would be kind of 50 50. So, and then Cody's got the production background, the TV background, like he can do 
He looks good in his suit. He's well-spoken. He's well-mannered. Everybody, you know, they may not like him behind the scenes a lot sometimes, but that he's one of those guys that you can put on any show and people are going to be like going, yeah, that's a guy who looks like a world wrestling champion. So uh, I'll lean Cody right now on February 2nd. All right. Feel free to chime in at SRTU podcast on Twitter or Facebook.com slash to real to show. It's WrestleMania season. We are in it, folks. Uh, we know what two of the main events will be right now. As it stands presently, Charlotte Flair defends the SmackDown Women's Championship against Rhea Ripley, and Roman Reigns defends the uh, undisputed WWE Universal Championship against Cody Rhodes on April 1st and the 2nd in SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, California. I, I just had a check. Like, is that literally April 1st and 2nd? It April is. Fool's Day? April 1st and 2nd. Yeah, April Fool's Day. Well, Dr. Train always talked about doing like an April Fool's show, but we can't because this year it actually leads into WrestleMania. That would be really screwed up. But anyway, oh, Vengeance man. Day, preview <laughs> predictions this Saturday from the Spectrum Center in Charlotte, North Carolina. The first time since uh, Stand and Deliver, WrestleMania weekend, where NXT is going out on their own. Uh, unlike Stand and Deliver, WrestleMania weekend, this is, this is it. This is Folks are coming to see the NXT. They're not in town for WrestleMania. They are just in town for NXT. Let's get to the first match here for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship. Fallon Henley and uh, Kiana James take on the champions, Katana Chance and Caden Carter. Uh, I'm going to go with Fallon Henley and Kiana James just from a storyline standpoint. That's what it seems like makes sense right now. So I'm going to have them become the new Women's Tag Team Champions. Yeah, I'm with you because I, I kind of feel like uh, K- uh, Katana Chance and, uh, oh my God, I'm blanking on Caden Carter. Caden Carter. K and K. Um, I kind of feel like they're, I don't want to say transitional champions because they've had the belts for a while, but they may be the weakest tag champs we've had in quite a while in the way they're booked and kind of presented. So uh, I'm going to go with you and agree with you on your pick for this one. Next match is Apollo Crews taking on Carmelo Hayes in a two out of three falls match. Dr. Trey, who do you like in this one? Uh, this one's tough for me because I can see it going either way because I, I, I'm still waiting for the, Carmel- the Car- Carmelo Hayes call up. Like we've been think it's going to happen for quite a while um apollo kind of feels like he's in nxt for the long run so i will lean apollo i'll take apollo in this one um mainly because my history with apollo and because i still think at some point carmelo is getting moved up to the main roster uh i think carmelo wins this match and i'm hopeful that it leads towards a nxt championship match but i agree with you it's like very very close knocking on the door of a call-up being carmelo hayes uh, next match is the Fatal 4-Way match for the NXT Tag Team Championship. The New Day defends against Gallus, Pretty Deadly, and Chase University. I'm going to go with Gallus in this one, Dr. Trey. I don't think N- the New Day are in it for the long haul as NXT Tag Team Champions, and I think this is the perfect match and opportunity for them to drop the titles and not actually take the pin. Yeah, I, I've kind of, this one's tricky. To me, it comes down between Gallus and Pretty Deadly because Pretty Deadly is, pro- is actually like my favorite tag team to watch right now. They are so entertaining. And uh, Let's see, we just agreed on the last match, so I will take Pretty Deadly to get their titles back um, on this one, just because it, it's to me it's, it's one of those two teams. But I'll take Pretty Deadly just because we disagreed on the last match. So either I will, I'll tie you, or I'll start getting my ass kicked again on this prediction one. I uh, I think Pretty Deadly, if they won, they would be three time NXT Tag Team Champions. I just feel like that we're on the verge of them seeing baby face, a babyface turn. So. Uh, I'm with you. It's a tough one to call. I could see Gallus winning the titles and then Pretty Deadly and them going at standard level WrestleMania weekend. Pretty Deadly is the baby faces and getting the victory and winning those titles for the third time. Uh, next match here is the NXT North American Championship. Wesley defends against Dijak. Another tough match to call, Dr. Trey. Who do you like in this one? 
Yeah, this one's tough for me because I know Dijak's a Triple H guy. Uh, but then Wesley getting this run has been pretty great, and he really hasn't had a ton of title defenses, so it makes you leery about picking the challenger. Uh, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to take Donovan Dijak uh, getting the win because I think he's one of those guys that Triple H looks at and goes, I can make him a big star on the on the main – I can make him a heavy you know, world champion type challenger in a few years on the big shows. Uh, let's see how he handles this stage. So I see Dijak getting the win. Plus, hell, the guy's like been around forever now between NXT and – uh, retribution and still has never really held a title in WWE. Uh, I'm going to take Dijak as well. So both of us taking Dijak to become the new NXT North American champion. Uh, next match here, a triple threat match for the NXT Women's Championship. This has been a great build. Roxanne Perez defends against Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. I'm going to go with Roxanne Perez to retain the NXT Women's Championship, Dr. Trey. Yeah, I'm with you because plus she got the plug at, at the Rumble, even though she wasn't in that long. But um, this just feels like one of those ones where the girl or the heels start arguing and she gets the roll-up win. Uh, plus, I still think we're eventually going to get a new leader of Toxic Attraction. It was rumored to be Chelsea Green, but apparently that's not going that way. I still think somebody comes in to kind of take over because I still think they see uh, Dolan and Jane as being a tag team and not singles breakout stars. So I'll take Roxanne here in this situation. And then finally, this is a tough one to call, too. Steel cage match for the NXT Championship. Braun Breaker defends against Grayson Waller. Dr. Trey, we start with you, my friend. Doesn't Grayson Waller feel like a Shawn Michaels guy? Like, he just feels like that's a guy that Shawn likes. Mm-hmm. But that being said, you know, Cody didn't challenge Braun Breaker. Uh, so I'm a, little, I'm a little heartbroken about that one. And that being said, I don't see Braun Breaker being at WrestleMania, uh, you know, as part of the main roster. So I think Braun's going to be around for a little bit. So I'll take Braun retaining over Waller in a steel cage right now. Uh, and I'm actually going to take Grayson Waller to win the NXT okay. Championship. I feel like if... You know, they look at him as someone that could be a face of the brand, a top star someday. You got to give him an NXT championship run. I could see it being a short run, going into stand deliver, maybe facing Braun again and then losing, and then maybe Grayson Waller gets a call up. Maybe Braun gets a call up. I don't know. But um, I have a feeling that this is the time that you execute Grayson Waller winning the NXT championship. He's a heel. He doesn't have to pin Braun Breaker to make him look weak, and he can do some shady shit to win being that heel in a steel cage match. So. We will recap and review that on next week's edition of the show, February the 8th. Um, and then, of course, we're getting closer and closer to the Elimination Chamber. Uh, with that said, let's get a couple plugs and sponsors out of the way. You can download the show every Thursday at realguyradio.com, WrestleChatNet on Twitter, and the Still Real the Show iTunes feed. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to help starts on iTunes. You can follow us individually on Twitter for myself at SRTU Jeff and for Dr. Trey Franklin at the Dr. Trey. And, of course, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at SRTU Podcast. With that being said, what's going on in the wonderful world of Dr. Trey Franklin this week? Well, like Jeff said, you can follow me on Twitter at the Dr. Trey. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram, Dr. Trey Franklin. When you're on Facebook, check out Rocket City Championship Wrestling. Uh, we have a big show coming up this Saturday as we are on our road to Wrestling Con 6 coming up in May, May 20th. I had to make sure it wasn't on my birthday because I, I, I don't think I'd go to a show on my birthday. But May 20th, uh, as more names get announced, we'll, we'll be debuting them here on the show as well. But you can go check them out on Facebook, Rocket City Championship Wrestling. So there you go. Support all the great things that support the Still Real Talk Show and spread the word about SRTU. Uh, that is how we survive each and every week as a small town wrestling podcast. So thank you for uh, for making this part of your week. Once again, we'll be back next week, February the 9th. Uh, we'll be recapping, reviewing Vengeance Day. And then a week later, we'll be previewing and predicting Elimination Chamber, recap reviewing uh, Elimination Chamber uh, three weeks from now. So nothing but previewing predictions and recap and reviews coming up here in the month of February before we get into March and then it's just full steam ahead with 
AEW Revolution, and of course, WrestleMania 39. So once again, thank you for making us part of your week. Thank you for tuning in. Until next week, for Dr. Trey Franklin, I'm Jeff Peck. This is The Starobo Show. Shopper, who's checking through? He even knows where the hippest knows that. had a snake all of a warrior had paint on his face Hacksaw Jim Duggan had a two by four but with style like this man you don't need no more got a lot of friends I got a lot of foes they be quicker in the booth where I be bouncing up the rope lots of people talking fewer than no Be struck by lightning Only drives the finest cars And dies the finest diners People try to sit size Don't matter which country You can measure a man's success By the length of his liberty
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.